0: what's up everybody welcome to another episode of take a 20 um i know in the last pod i said that i'll try and get things out every wednesday uh but actually changed my mind and decided we'll do it every monday instead also wanted to start recording these uh in terms of on a webcam as well so there's going to be a version of this uh, uploaded to YouTube. I'm also going to keep it on Spotify, continue to keep it with a podcast format but just wanted to get this uh, get a little bit more comfortable doing these things um, getting in front of the camera stuff like that. So you know, why not? Just another way to get, get the product out there. Get the episodes to the people. So with this one, um I wanted to really start diving into this whole Ben Simmons ridiculousness because honestly, it's kind of kind of insane. For right now, I'll just click off the display because it doesn't really matter. Um but and it might be a little distracting to see all of that going on. So For He's requested a trade. He sat down with ownership, head coach, everybody, and let them know, like, hey, I want to be traded. The first thing that came out was saying, like, he wants to be traded to one of the three California teams, which would be, like, I was assuming that he was talking about the Lakers, Clippers, or the Warriors. Now you know what actually very quickly i will because i've i did some mock trades and i actually forgot that the warriors were somebody and they're not actually really interested in bringing in ben simmons um from what i'm gathering it just doesn't seem that way but you know I'll also do a quick or you know what we'll we'll do that one do that one live do that one live why not all right so let's just jump right into it Um, get the display capture back up and now we've got let's go into the first one so the Portland deal which everybody is expecting to happen for whatever reason. I'm not exactly sure why. Um, I know that Damian Lillard, like the moves that the Portland Trail Blazers made do not move the needle enough to make them an actual contender in the West. So it's a mission failed for the Trail Blazers thus far in terms of trying to, make themselves look like a destination where Lillard should stay. So with this situation, I actually did it where they pull the trigger and they trade for uh, Ben Simmons. But with that being said, the Sixers would absolutely have this. This is the realistic part of it. it. just we the last thing that we saw of Ben Simmons is him passing up a wide open shot. We haven't, we've heard, um, multiple reports about how he doesn't want to be coached, how he doesn't want to be lectured. Um, there's reports coming out about like Ben and Jimmy Butler, not exactly getting along and that being part of the reason why Jimmy Butler actually ended up leaving or why they opted to go with Tobias Harris instead of uh, Jimmy Butler. And for the reason behind that was because Jimmy was challenging Ben Simmons to be better, to say, hey, like, you're not a point guard. You can do X, Y, and Z and be even better. I mean, Kobe Bryant, rest in peace, he's even said, if Ben Simmons doesn't develop a jump shot, like, I'm not going to directly quote him because I can't remember the exact quote, but he was essentially saying that Ben Simmons needs needs to develop a jump shot or else, like, he, he won't be in the league or it was something like the league would be his if he were able to develop a jump shot. Like, he's 6'11". I don't think that that's his actual height. That's what they have him listed at on Fanspo, but I don't think that that's his actual height. Let's check that really quick. 6'10". Yeah, no, he's... Wow, I did not realize he was that tall. I, I knew that he was tall, but I did not realize he is 6'10". Jesus. Okay. Um. But, yeah, there's... there's been in this whole like aura around ben simmons of him carrying himself like a superstar and you know he he is a star he is a great player i'm a big fan of ben simmons actually and you know wherever he ends up and you'll see later on like i'm we're also going to go over the my award predictions. Um, and you can see over here a Clippers schedule prediction as well. But I really am a big fan of Ben Simmons. Wherever he ends up, I do think that he it, it's going to have to be a prove-it year for him. Um, I really believe that he'll start and I want to say that he'll start taking his career a little bit more seriously and like really get into the gym, get up shots. And, you know, if need be, go see a sports therapist and start working through these things, because I see these workouts. He's not doing it in games, so it part of it can be a mental thing like I don't know. I think that he should really be reaching out to other players who've gone through these problems. Like Larry Sanders, that would be a perfect person to actually hit up and ask like, Hey, how did you work through your, the mental block with basketball? Like there's resources out there for you to reach out to and get to, but you know, With that being said, with this trade, the Sixers would have to include draft picks. There's absolutely no way around it because Ben Simmons just is not that guy right now. Like He possibly can end up being that guy, but as it stands right now today, he is not that guy. His trade value is super, super low. And I get it. There's Ben Simmons is apparently saying like, it's not my responsibility to up my value. It's your responsibility to find a trade and get me traded. It's two sided here because like, this is, this is a quote that I got directly from Jerry Krause. And this is something that a lot of players need to kind of remember, but it's funny because in Jerry Krause's situation, he was trying to get Michael Jordan not to play on an injured foot. Like, the quote was, um, I can't remember the, exactly what he he said uh, word for word, but he said that Himself, as well as Michael Jordan, were employees of the Chicago Bulls. That's what it is. Ben Simmons currently is an employee of the 76ers. If he wants to go someplace else, it's his responsibility to get out onto the floor and prove to other people that this is why you should want to poach me. You know, it's it's it happens all the time with tech companies. Like some somebody's performing extremely well at Facebook, boom, Google plucks that person. So, it's it's these situations where you you just need to show your value. And what he's doing is I'm sure kind of scaring a lot of teams, just like, hey, so if we do trade for him, who's to say that this kind of attitude isn't going to come over here as well? Because you don't want that in your locker room. You don't want somebody who's, and his multiple reports, so many different reports coming out that it's, it's to the point where you kind of can't deny it, where it's said that he doesn't like to work out. He doesn't like like in terms of working out on his game. He he doesn't like to train. All these different reports come out and every summer he posts these workout videos to his Instagram, but during the year it's kind of radio silence. So pardon me. So that this trade is completely make believe there's in no situation even when Damian lillard eventually i'm sure he's going to eventually request a trade there's no way that neil o'shea is going to do this trade absolutely no way there's you're getting you're you're going down for wins when you get him yeah your defense is getting more improved you're going to get draft picks, but who's, who's to say like, this is the actual trade. Like apparently, uh, God, I can't remember his name. Daryl Morey. Yeah. Apparently he's asking for a King's ransom for Ben Simmons, which is at this point, you, you, you can't do that. If you wanted to get a King's ransom for him, Yeah, you've been trying to trade Ben Simmons ever since you've gotten to the 76ers. Whatever deals were being presented at that time, I guarantee you, they are 100% better than anything that they're actually going to receive. So, now, moving on to something that might be a little bit more realistic, (laughs) to the Timberwolves. Now this is a situation where the Timberwolves would pretty much have to gut their entire team because they're not going to give up Malik Beasley or well, yeah, they'll, they'll have to give up Malik Beasley. Um, who's that kid? Uh, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Let's just close out of that real quick and check Anthony Edwards. Yeah, there's no way that they're going to trade away Anthony Edwards or D'Angelo Russell. So this is actually the only way that they can get this deal done um, by giving them all of those players. Like, that's, that's a good amount. Like, that's you yeah the timberwolves would have to gut their entire team send off some picks just to get ben simmons and do the 76ers do this deal for these players no absolutely not because they're still they're in win now mode so it's like all right well if you trade away ben simmons you're going to need something of value in return. Uh, a deal headlined by Malik Beasley. Although Malik Beasley is a great player, that's not, I'm, I'm positive. That's not what, absolutely not what the 76ers would want coming back to them. Now, moving on to trade that I think actually does help. The 76ers, like I said in the previous podcast, like talk to the Sacramento Kings. For whatever reason, the GM over there likes Ben Simmons. He wants Ben Simmons on the team. At least that's what it seems like. I don't know how he would fit exactly. Um, just because you have De'Aaron Fox there, you have that really, really good. Uh, rookie. Can't remember his name. Let's find him. Tyrese he You have like some pretty good guards, pretty good young guards out there. So I don't know. I don't see exactly how Ben Simmons would fit with that team unless he were to start playing small forward or power forward but even then you have Marvin Bagley jr. Who's all intents and purposes. I think he should be playing center. He shouldn't be playing power forward. He does need to get a little bit tougher and bulk up, but um, it it's just to me, it's a strange fit with Ben Simmons with the Sacramento Kings. Um, But on the flip side, I think that this is the best kind of package that the 76ers can hope for just because you're getting a really good shooter and buddy healed. So now's the whole thing that you wanted to get. So, you know, you're able to keep a hold of like your championship aspirations, at least with this trade. I'm sure that they'll ask for some picks I'm sure the Kings would have no problem, including a few first-round picks. So it's because also with the Kings, they want to move on from Buddy Heald. It's been something like, I don't know how long this saga has been going on with Buddy Heald and the Sacramento Kings, but it's dragged out for an extremely long time that Buddy Heald has been... It's not, he hasn't been vocal about it, but it's been pretty obvious that he wants out of SAC, and Sacramento is kind of over him. So, with this, both players get a fresh start, new franchises. They've never been anywhere else. So, this, I think that this deal, compared to everything else, is just going to be just gonna be better than everything else that they can possibly get and then let me tuck this in really quick because i did not realize it's causing a lot of uh there we go causing a lot of feedback and now moving on to a trade that i just threw in there um because lakers are not going to trade for him i don't think the clippers going to trade for him or should trade for him, to be completely honest. But this is the kind of deal that I think the Clippers would offer for Ben Simmons. I'm sure that the 76ers would want Reggie Jackson. There's no way that the Clippers are going to include Reggie Jackson in any sort of deal for Ben Simmons. But yeah, this, this is the kind of deal that the clippers would be able to offer the 76ers and again is this a deal that the 76ers want to take i don't think so yeah you get shooting with luke Kennard, you get some like you get a legitimate point guard with eric bledsoe and then you get a, a pretty decent like scoring option in justice Winslow. And then Jason Preston, who's somebody who can really develop into something great. But is, is this a deal that it, that would entice the 76ers? I, I really don't think so. I think that they're looking for something a little bit more substantial for Ben Simmons. Which is completely reasonable. Because with these... Four players, essentially three because Jason Preston is a rookie, so he wouldn't be getting that much PT. With that, would these three players keep them in title content contention or make them better than what they would be with Ben Simmons? I I really don't think so. Uh, I don't think that it moves the needle enough. I think it marginally makes them better, but it just it doesn't move the needle enough to make it worth the 76ers' time. And again, like I said, I don't think that the Clippers should trade for Ben Simmons. Yeah, they're saying like it would increase the projected wins by three, but I, I don't know. Him still believing that he's a point guard, him being so as laid back as he is I just Stephen A. Smith talks about it. You're you're building a culture. Partially. You're building a culture. And do you want to build it in that way? Like I I don't know. Not saying that Ben Simmons is is a locker room cancer or anything like that. But it's just, he, he, it just doesn't seem like he has the same kind of fire in him that a lot of NBA players do, you know? So if he had a problem with Jimmy Butler getting on him, what do you think that Kawhi Leonard's going to do? So I, I, I really don't think that that would be a good fit for him um I really don't see it 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 wouldn't happen i this trade wouldn't happen and now let's move on to the Golden state warriors now let's see who in like who would they trade to to get ben Simmons all right so let's say just just to give them something. Let's say they trade out Andrew Wiggins. What else are they including in that? Because, yeah, you can tr- trade James Wiseman and start Kevin Looney. That that actually would work pretty well. But is that enough for the 76ers? I, I don't think so. Like, James Wiseman... You could see in his first, um, oh man, in his first, I mean, yeah, I I just don't, I don't see the 76ers being like, yeah, um, include James Wiseman. We want James Wiseman. So that's that's where it ends. It's just like, all right, do you do Ben Simmons, Andrew Wiggins straight up? No. So, yeah, let's say you incl- include Jordan Poole. Like, what? And then they're going to ask them for picks, which is ridiculous. Because, all right, so you're going to trade first round. Yeah, I I don't actually see this happening because they would have, they would have to send two first round picks. There's no way that they're allowing just Andrew Wiggins and Jordan Poole. That's no no offense to those players, but like what Daryl Morey wants, this is not adding up to it. But this is this is literally the only thing that I can see the Warriors offering and it only projecting on this, it only increases their win totals by one. So I I just don't see, I don't see it with the warriors either. Like they, they're not going to want to include Draymond green. I know that the, the relationship between the warriors and Draymond green is getting a little, it's getting a little weird. Um, Getting very weird, actually. So I don't know if they would be willing to part ways with him at this point in his career. Um, but I, when you're trading to get Ben Simmons and you're sending out your best defensive option, um, I don't think that. I, I just don't think that they're gonna they would do that to. Like yeah, Ben Simmons is a great defense guy, but I I I just don't know. I don't. I I can't see that them trading Draymond Green, and more so, just because it's like. Uh, but Richard Jefferson was a fan favorite as well, so yeah, let's let's see because. Maybe maybe they keep Andrew Wiggins and just do that. But I think that they would have to include some more money. So, yeah, you need to include one more salary in that. And would the 76ers want Draymond Green or Andrew Wiggins? I'm sure that they would choose Andrew Wiggins over Draymond Green. Just because they need more scoring and Draymond does not provide that in any sense. So yeah, he's a great facilitator, but yeah, that that just uh yeah, no. No, it ha it would have to be Andrew Wiggins. So that that just <laughs> ended that. So there there we go, I guess. Daryl Morey, good luck with uh, trading Ben Simmons because you are you are asking for much too much, my friend. Way too much. Now let's just move into the Clippers' schedule prediction, and you'll see. I I'm trying to be very realistic with this team. Um, Kawhi Leonard is out for the entire season. We have a bunch of rookies and they're probably going to get a lot of playing time. Um, not a, a lot of playing time, but I think that we're going to play our rookies a decent amount. So, and even with that being said, I still think that I might've, might have, a overestimated this Clippers team so going into this and then also it's the thing like I need to continue to remember Serge Ibaka is probably going to be in and out of the lineup just he had back surgery he was gone majority of the season last season Um, yeah I just it's, it's a little concerning what's going on with him but, yeah, I need to remember that he's probably going to miss a good amount of games. But, with that being said, I predicted that the Clippers will go 53-29. and 29. Um, I'll probably go back. Because, like, as you see, like, I originally said that we'll probably beat Washington. But then I was like, no, no. But... At that point in January, I don't know what Washington is going to look like. I don't know if Bradley Beal is finally going to demand a trade with the team that they have. It it actually looks really decent uh, offensively. Defensively, it's got uh, it's a little suspect. But they they could be doing well enough to where Bradley Beal is like, hey, like I'm okay being here. Or they could be doing really, really bad, and he asks to be traded. But, yeah, with the way that the team is constructed right now, I don't think that the Clippers would be able to beat the Washington Wizards um, in, in certain circumstances. But, yeah, uh, I think... I'll probably, because I'm going to be doing these schedule, whoops, schedule predictions for pretty much the entire league. So, because once you get to a certain point, like, I think once you do like 15 teams, it's, it's kind of like plug, plug and play kind of deal where you've, you've, predicted enough games where you can just be like pulling from the work that you just did and filling in the blanks. So I, it might end up being, because originally I had them going 54 and 28 and I was like, um, maybe not. So maybe I might end up having them going like 48 and Mm, yeah, I I don't know. We'll we'll see because it it'll be a situation where I need to look at everybody else's games and see see where where their schedule is looking like, or <clears throat> excuse me, what their schedule is looking like and. How much travel they're doing and whatnot. Because as you can see, like the Clippers have a really, really grueling schedule. Like, how many back to backs? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Wow. Nine back to backs. wow, they have a five and seven. See, this is, and this is something that I, I try to avoid talking about, uh, in terms of scheduling, but this is something that I, I really need to address because being a Clipper fan for so long, you do see like, and when I really was getting into basketball first, like, really, st- doing like all this, like, little, not little, but like doing all this, like, s- detailed stuff. It was really standing out to me that the Clippers schedule, in comparison to other teams' schedules, was a little, um, a little lighter. So, what I mean by that is, like, I noticed that the Clippers majority of the years would have the most back-to-backs and would have the most games where they're playing a seven o'clock game home in LA, but then they have to fly out to New York and have a 10 o'clock game. So, or in 10 o'clock in the morning. So it was like a, a lot of stuff like that, where I was just like, huh, that's, that's weird. And for this schedule to come out, and be constructed the way that it is, it's very weird. I don't know how schedules are constructed, who constructs them, if it's a panel of people, but it's consistently been like this, where the Clippers have one of the hardest schedules in the entire league. I know I looked at the Lakers' schedule very quickly, and they... Nobody did them any favors. They've got a pretty tough schedule to begin with as well. But this one specifically, like, really jumped out at me. And forget which reporter said it first, which really brought it to my attention. But he was, like, saying that the Clippers have the most back-to-backs and the most uh, five and sevens. Or four and sevens, which means they play four or five games in one week, Uh, which is really interesting to me. So it we we know that this team is going to be tired at the end of the season there. It's it's a lot going for them. I mean. Oh, yeah, that's a back-to-back, too. Okay. So, they have 11 back-to-backs. That is insane. Oh, my God. 12. 12 back-to-backs, because I I just realized that this is a back-to-back. Yep. See... This, this is a, this is kind of a problem. It's kind of a problem. And like I said, I don't know who makes the schedules, if it's a panel of people, if it's one individual, but it's, it's been consistent since 2011 that I've seen uh, definitely a I don't even know how to word it, but it's just, like, a very weird scheduling for the Clippers in comparison to everybody else. So, really quick, just want to check on here how things are looking. Yeah, my hairline got yeah, completely destroyed. Oh, my God. Ugh. Man. Yeah, no. If anybody's watching this... um Please leave me a good barber in L.A. Repeat, good barber in L.A. I'm tired of (laughs) going to these people and hoping that it'll be a good cut. I've asked people around, and they're just like, yeah, I I don't know. So, please, if anybody knows a good barber in LA, please just leave, leave their name down in the comments. Please. Or their profile, their Instagram, whatever. Because I need to get this fixed ASAP. Like, the the dude who cut my hair before was just like, oh man, let let me just say this: he did not repick my hair when I sat down. Just leave it off at that. So now we'll get into the war predictions, and I'm putting like four or five um, options. Obviously, I'll. It might be a little bit different for each category, but majority of them, whoever's first, I believe will actually win the award, but yeah, let's just jump right into it. So I got LeBron James winning the MVP that's something that I just, I think that it's going to happen. It's, it just, he's, I don't know. I just, I think that this is going to be an extremely good year for LeBron James. A really good year. I think Kevin Durant will probably end up in, end up second in MVP voting. Luca right behind him. Then Paul George rounding out the four group. Um, I think that Paul George is going to have a ridiculous season. I think just due to, Luca being younger and also the, the leap that I'm expecting him to make, I think it'll separate him and Paul George just enough for him to get a little bit more votes to end up third. Um, but I think the margin is going to be very, very close. Um, and if Paul George isn't performing, the Clippers aren't winning. So, with them winning 53 games, I'm saying that Paul George is going to be playing his ass off. So there's that we have the most improved player. And I think Donovan Mitchell is going to be that guy. Now, this is something that I, I really don't get how people are not talking about this more. They always say Devin Booker, Jason Tatum, how much they remind them of Kobe Bryant. The only player that F has ever reminded me of Kobe Bryant is Donovan Mitchell. Only player. The way that he approaches the game, and that's why I think that Shaq said what he did. And just like he sees that Donovan Mitchell can be on the same level as a Kobe Bryant. Me personally, I really do think Donovan Mitchell can get to that level. Looking at it the way that he plays, he he plays out of his mind. He carried the Utah Jazz through the playoffs. Yeah, they lost, but he he had that entire team on his back. He you can see that he was clearly frustrated with a lot of stuff that happened. But did he complain about it? No. He just shut up continue to pound the paint, continue to be the leader that he is. So, yeah, I I definitely think that he's seeing how upset he was at the end of the Clippers series. There's no way that he's not coming back even better. Guarantee you. Another person that I think is gonna have a lot of improvement is Shea Giltress Alexander. Um he's just gonna it's OKC is his team. So he's gonna have more opportunities, more playing time. I really think that it's gonna be a situation where he's he's really exploding and having the best season of his career. Terrence Mann is another one who I think is going to show a lot of improvement just because of the simple fact of opportunity and also coming off of a great playoff performance. Excuse me. Cameron Johnson is another one who I think is going to be taking huge leaps this year. Um, As you can see, last year my mvp was chris paul as you can see i don't have him up here and that's because i think cameron johnson is gonna be playing good enough to where chris paul can kind of relax i guess for the first time in his career in terms of the playmaking um i mean he he was relaxed in houston too he didn't have to do all of it there but I think that Cameron Johnson is just going to up his playmaking ability to take off that pressure from Chris Paul so he's he can be more ready for the playoffs and stay healthy throughout the playoffs. Cam Reddish is another one who I think is going to show a whole lot of improvement this year. Um But I think that with him being on Atlanta, and honestly, I don't think Atlanta is going to be very good this year, Um, I think it's going to get him overlooked quite a bit. And also, when you're on a team with John Collins and Trey Young, it's kind of hard to stand out. So with the coach of the year, I have it between these four guys, uh, Monty Williams, Quinn Snyder, Eric Spolstra, or Ty Lue. Now, Monty Williams, I think, like, he deserved the award last year. Um, Tom Thibodeau did a great job with the New York Knicks, don't get me wrong. But Monty Williams really coached that team, really coached the Phoenix Suns. And I'm not saying Tom Thibodeau didn't really coach the New York Knicks. He did. He really coached them. He turned that whole culture around. But I really think Monty Williams deserved that, that accolade last year, especially the way that he, he performed. But, you know, the the awards that um, I think players give out themselves or players and coaches, whatever, I, I don't know how this whole thing goes. But um, there was another report that came out that said that chris paul was named the mvp of the nba season and monty williams was named coach of the year so they they got their shine in in other ways it just wasn't official from the nba but yeah i think quinn snyder is gonna have a really good coaching season. Eric Spolstra is going to have a really good coaching season, and Ty Lu is going to need to have a really good coaching season, which I think he's more than capable of doing. Um, now, Defensive Player of the Year, it's it's a toss-up for me between Rudy Gobert and Giannis. I think Giannis Antetokounmpo can win Defensive Player of the Year, but I think that they're going to be more focused on the playoffs I don't think that he's going to be exerting himself the way that he's going to need to throughout the entire season to really solidify himself over Rudy Gobert. But yeah, I think, I think he can end up in, in second place voting. I think Joel Embiid is going to be an absolute monster on defense this year. And then rounding out at the fourth spot, I have Ben Simmons now. I don't know like I said before I don't know where Ben Simmons is going to go. I don't know how it's going to go. But I know that he's going to really perform and I can't say that he's going to be a better shooter, but I know that he's going to perform on defense. So I I had to put him right there. I was like you it would to me it would be a little disrespectful if I didn't to be completely honest, with the way that he performed last year, there's no reason why anybody should be questioning his defensive skills. Um, Now, moving on to sixth man of the year, or him being a a candidate to win defensive player of the year. Now, sixth man of the year, I think this is just going to... like Jordan Clarkson, when I look at him, he reminds me of Jamal Crawford, Lou Williams, just the ultimate professional, ultimate bucket. Like, I think that this award is his for for many, many years to come. But if for whatever reason he doesn't win it, Patty Mills I can see winning it. Otto Porter Jr. I think is going to get some votes. I think he's going to be a really key contributor for the Golden State Warriors coming off the bench. And then George Hill with the Milwaukee, back with the Milwaukee Bucks. I think that is it's going to be quite a big deal for him to be back with the Bucks. Um, I think that he's going to help them win quite a few games just off of his playmaking, playmaking ability. But, yeah, I could actually see him leapfrogging uh, Otto Porter, and ending up third in the voting, but yeah, Jordan Clarkson, I think, is going to, by far and large, run away with this award. Now, moving on to Executive of the Year, it it's either Rob Plinka or Pat Riley. There's nobody else, at least in my opinion, there's nobody else who can really say that they should win this award. I, I'd look at all the moves that were done over the off season. And you know, there, there definitely were some very impressive moves, but the biggest and probably going to be the most impactful moves were made by Rob and Pat Riley. So it's one of the two of them is going to win executive of the year, depending on how the individual teams do themselves. Now, Moving on to all NBA first team, I have Seth Curry or Stephen Curry, uh, Paul George, LeBron James, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Joel Embiid. Now, you can see that I don't have Jokic anywhere, and that's because. I don't believe in Jokic. He's a great player, don't get me wrong. Um, But when my center is only averaging, like he's seven foot. He's a big dude, but he doesn't play defense. Averages 0.8 blocks per game. I'm sorry but my starting center who I say is an all-star who is an MVP they cannot average 0.8 blocks per game as a as a as a 7 footer you are it, it it blows my mind like look so and I, I get it everybody's like oh well look at his look at his uh assists I'm like yeah it's it's good like yeah, he he makes some pretty good assists. Like he averaged 8 assists last year. 0.7 averaging only 10 rebounds. Like bro, how tall are you? 6'11". You're 7 foot. You're 7 foot. I don't care that you're making you score 26 points. Like, yeah, your free throws. Great. But the f- come on, dude. And it's 8.3 assists to 3.1 turnovers. Assist to. And see, this is this is my whole thing. Like, yeah, great assists, but your assist to turnover ratio is not great. Like, if if you're if you're giving him the award off of that, that he's pass his passing ability. Like, it, it just it doesn't make any sense to me. LeBron James was playing way better. If he hadn't gotten injured, I'm sure he would have won the MVP. If he lost the MVP to Jokic being healthy, like I I would I I would lose my mind. Absolutely lose my mind. But it's still, still I'm losing my mind because he did zero point seven blocks per game. Six eleven. What, what is your wingspan? Like, dude, it honestly, it really bothers me. It really bothers me because there's no reason why somebody of his height should not be 1.2 blocks per game win when when did he do that yeah no he's never done that but you you can you can steal but you can't block doesn't commit too many personal fouls I'm sure those personal fouls have all oh my god, dude. It's just it it really, really bothers me. But anyway, moving on. We'll we'll just get into this. God. Um I'm sorry, I just had to rant about that really quick because I I just don't get this whole Jokic craze. I don't get it. I really don't get it. Like, yeah, he's a good player. He's a great player. You can't tell me, like, oh, my God, we've never seen anything like this before. Well, dude, like, that's very, very disrespectful to a player named Chris Bosch, another player named Pau Gasol, another player named Chris Webber. Like, you guys are acting like we've never seen... A big man who can pass the ball before and score. But the difference between Jokic and those three that I just mentioned, all three of them actually play defense. All three of them actually would block shots. Chris Bosch wasn't known as a shot blocker, but let's let's see how many like how many blocks did he average? And You know, I don't know why this is loading so slow. Yeah, it's not. Okay. Let's, let's refresh. There we go. His last year, his last year, he averaged 0.6. That's his last year. like dude and for his career he averaged one block per game okay like this this is uh a little little interesting to me that Jokic just gets so much praise he's he's a great player Don't get me wrong, but I just, I think that it's just, I, I don't know. I I just think that he gets a little bit more recognition than we should be giving him. Did he help the... Diver Nuggets stay relevant while Jamal Murray was out? Yeah, he did. But what happened when they got to the playoffs? Absolutely nothing. So you're telling me that that was your MVP. It. that was your mvp again that was your mvp it's it's absolutely ridiculous that you're telling me that this guy is the most valuable player and they they have not the worst playoff performance but they they did not play well at all and jokic did not play the way that you know you're you're telling me that he's the most valuable player in the nba at this time for that year and he loses see his, it just it it blows my mind. It doesn't make sense. He shouldn't have been the MVP. He's I'm not even going to acknowledge him in any sense like in terms of giving him like an all NBA first spot. Like, no, that that isn't happening. Absolutely not happening. Because he needs to show me that he can actually play defense, that he can actually block shots. 6'11". I do not want to hear about him being a great passer. Okay? It's it's, it's good that it's there, but you also need to mention the amount of turnovers he's committing. But... <laughs> moving on we oh that's weird he's I haven't heard from him in forever <laughs> that's funny um sorry got distracted but now moving on to the nba all defensive team I have Drew Holiday, Ben Simmons, Paul George, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Rudy Gobert. And yep, Paul George is. I'm. I'm saying that he's gonna have a ridiculous season, because he's gonna have to have a ridiculous season to keep the Clippers relevant. And I think that he's he's more than capable of doing that. Um, I think that the Clippers are not done with what they want to do. I feel like there might be one more move coming for the Clippers. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, but yeah, I think Paul George is going to end up on the all NBA first team and the NBA all defensive team. I'm not saying he's going to compete for defensive player of the year. No, he's, he's going to play good defense. He's not going to be playing good enough defense to be in the same conversations as everybody else that i was explaining but yeah that is that man um thank you guys for watching or listening to this episode um thank you guys for all the comments that you're giving me I really do appreciate it Every single pod I'm trying to get better I know that It's it's rough right now But thank you for dealing with me I'm going to start working on trying to get some Intro, outro music Um But yeah, this is One of the longer episodes that I've done An hour, wow Did not realize that I was talking that long But Anyway Thank you guys very, very much. Really appreciate it. And again, if you know of a good barber in L.A., please, please tell me (laughs) their information. I need to get this fixed. All right. And with that, I'll be signing off. Guys, have a good day. And catch you on the next one.